0: And welcome back in another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day, coming to you on a Monday, uh, Memorial Day. would certainly like to start uh, this podcast saying thank you to all the men and women, their families out there that have uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice, which is defending our country here in the United States. So thank you to, to all of them and current military uh, that are out there all across the world Uh, pga tour continues to play on at the colonial it was the charles schwab challenge and uh, jason kokrak now makes it three uh, two-time winners on the pga tour this season joining stewart sink yes i know you have kokrak and sink on the short list of two times winner but also bryson dechambeau and uh joining me to uh, break down a little bit of the Charles Schwab but we have some other fun topics that we're going to get into here today on the podcast as we uh, make way to the memorial uh, at Muirfield Village Jack's Place great field up there and of course the U.S. Open just two weeks away huge week here on the podcast uh, you know this guy from Froggy Wednesday is joining the team but he's here now on a Monday with a big old smile on his face because Jason Kokrak beat his boy, Jordan Spieth. How you doing, Froggy?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. It's You know what? I really like seeing Jason Kokrak win. I think golf is so good when there are guys who you don't expect winning golf tournaments. And watching how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour yesterday, you could see it. It's not easy. So uh, congratulations, Jason. It took him 232 times uh, to win his first tournament. I think he actually won 233. And then now he's won 17 starts later. So congratulations to Jason. It was a good day yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was a good day. The difference, you know, when you look at Kokrak, who's won twice, uh, one out in Vegas at Shadow Creek, uh, is his putting. I mean, this is a guy that, um, you know, he's always been pretty long off the tee. Uh, reasonable sh- uh, approach game player. His short game has always been his weakness. Uh, But his putter is the difference. And uh, he's made a huge stride. I think he's currently ninth now after last week, strokes game putting on the PGA tour. This is the guy that lives at the bottom. Like he's usually like 210th. It's like, is there even 210 guys on the PGA tour? And, you know, that's usually where he is. So the putter um, is the difference to go with, you know, some length off the tee and the approach game. But let's face it, you know, Spieth, really didn't throw anything at him it seems like every single week now froggy i'm sitting there watching late on a sunday and i'm waiting for someone to put some pressure on the leader ah here comes jordan speed he's the hottest player in the game he'll do it nope he shoots 73 plus three and there's kokrak trying to give it away on 16 or 15 16 17 hitting hooks um but you know, no one's there to uh, take it from, so he just coasts right on in. But, hey, he, he played some good golf. His putter was hot. He did have the clutch up and down there late on 17. You got to give him his credit. But, man, what are we what's going on, Froggy? No one's making a run.
1: You know, the only person that made a run yesterday, really, if you look at the uh, top scorers, uh, like you said, crack shot even par 70, Jordan Spieth three over. You got Charlie Hoffman shot a 65 yesterday, but he started so far back that he wasn't really able to put pressure on those guys. And there was a couple other guys. Sebastian Munoz uh, had a double bogey that kind of derailed his run. These guys kind of kind of ran out and got away from the field on Saturday, and it put them so they had some room, and it almost became a little bit of a match play situation. It was it was down to two guys. And uh, Kokrak on 15 was laying in the center of the fairway, had 128 yards in, and knocks it on the green to 68 feet knocks that past the hole by 10 or 12 feet, ends up making bogey. Granted, now Jordan Spieth made bogey on that hole as well. Then they get to the par three, and Kokrak hits it in the bunker, does not get up and down. And earlier in the day, Kokrak had left two shots in the bunker. So his bunker game generally, I believe they said uh, uh, yesterday, his bunker game was was middle of the road on He had actually played pretty well, but yesterday was not his best day. So it was almost, it, it felt weird. I was watching it with my dad. My dad's like, it's almost like, hey, I don't want to win, you win. Hey, I don't want to win, you win. It was it was very strange, but they got such a lead on Saturday that nobody was able to really make a run. Sergio was there within a couple shots, but then he started off rough as well. So golf course was playing tough yesterday, and, and um, the rough looked super, super long as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty long. They had some rain. They couldn't cut it. It's usually not that long at Colonial. I've played the course um – played it a couple of years ago actually and it's usually not that long the short game as i said uh, in the in the gambling shows last week it's it, they're not the most difficult short game shots uh, you're going to face and a Kokrak winning there is not surprising he was certainly on our list someone that we talked about i didn't put money on him to win but i did have him in a lot of the fantasy stuff that we did but um you know Kokrak lost two strokes short game and won so it just shows you that that's a course some force layups off the tee. You're not going to overpower it. strokes hand approach, strokes hand putting, and that's that's usually what wins there. That's what Daniel Berger did in 2020. That's what Kevin Na did in 2019, and that's certainly what Jason Kokrak did in 2021. As we mentioned, the missing piece was the putter. The change he made, he went to Bettinardi, who that's the manufacturer he uses, and they suggested that he goes longer to a 36, and that's what he did, and it's made all the difference in the world. I mean, that's it's amazing, right, that they just... He goes, does a little um, study or a little little work with the guys at Betonardi. And they're like, hey, why don't you just go ahead and make that a touch longer? And I think that's going to really help. Off he goes. stroke scan putting ninth. Huge, huge improvement. What a trip that was for Kokrak going to yeah. Betonardi to make the change to a 36-inch putter. Now, that doesn't mean everybody out there that's listening needs to go and make their putter 36 inches right now. Kokrak's a big guy. You know, he's 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 a tall guy, so it makes sense for him to do that. Most putters out there, Froggy,
1: are probably 34
0: right. inches, somewhere in there.
1: So he's, you know, gained strokes off the tee yesterday, almost one full shot for the week, gained strokes, and I mean, excuse me, strokes gained putting, and it is. They said that it was, he wasn't bending over as much. He right. was standing up more, more upright and able to putt and was able to see the line better instead of being sometimes they said that his eyes get out too far over the ball when he leans over too far. And so it allowed him to stand up a little more straight and allowed him to see the line better. I mean, putting really is, and I, I've learned this and talking to many tour pros doing the podcast and talking to guys, it really is a feel thing. And when you find something that works for you, it doesn't mean it's going to work forever, right? but it works right now. And so right now he's making the most of it while he's doing it. And whatever change you can make in your putting, whether it's a grip change, um, like Brad Faxon had said, I, I had him on the uh, Wednesday program a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And Brad's like, hey, whatever works for you. And because it works now doesn't mean it will stay that way. But putting is such a feel. It's less about fundamentals and so much more about feel.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. You have to, you know, things are going to ebb and flow when you're out there, when you're working with players and they're doing this every single day. Um, different feels you'll really kind of talk yourself in circles sometimes as a coach. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah, you got to be flexible, but uh, to go and get an extra inch or up to 36 inches, I think he was close to 35 before. um, And then to have that kind of impact. Wow. That's a, that's a big deal for him moving forward. His weakness, his only weakness, if he continues to putt like this is a short game and he'll need that if he wants to win a major championship, but that places like a colonial where the short game is, you know, has less value and you can get around there uh, for the most part, just don't be a dog, get up and down occasionally when you need to, as he did down the stretch, you got to give him credit. Um, But you can let the other parts of your game go to work. He held off speed. He shot 73. Uh, You know, it's interesting, Froggy. I've been spending a lot of time looking at his swing, texting with a lot of people and, You know, I look at a swing right now and I tweeted this. It it just, it appears to me that there's a couple things going on. One, the shaft definitely is more vertical. We know that going back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The shaft, he's definitely got it more stacked up so he can then shallow it out. But when you look at it, the shaft still gets very laid off at the top. I mean, he's, he looks more upright. With his left arm, for sure, to me. He looks like he did back in 2010, as I tweeted out. His lead arm is definitely more upright. The shaft does hinge up vertically. But then as it gets to the top, you see it, it points way left. I mean, it gets laid off. So, now, I think as a result of that, it it doesn't look exactly probably the way they want it to look. But at the end of the day, the shaft's coming down. I think a little higher than the right form. Now it's definitely more out in front of him. He's able to turn the corner through the impact zone. He's able to hit a fate. We know that's different. I would have to guess though, it's not exactly the way they want it shaped yet at the top, but things are working, you know, and he's, um, and they're going to ride it because he was, he was struggling. And uh, you look at his ball striking, not quite as clean this week. Um, he was really, tracking nicely there in march and april positive six seven strokes gain approach and uh, these last two weeks just under plus two so positive he putted the lights out plus seven at charles schwab i still think he has to feel really good about where he's going even though uh, he struggled on a 73 and let me ask you this froggy his caddy michael greller he had to uh, he, he had to go back to his hotel late Sunday night and just have a couple pops, right? And just kind of put his feet up and put ice on his head and say, no one talk to me because Speeth wears that dude out, doesn't he?
1: Oh, it is. I mean, just watching on TV, it's tiring. And Greller's on a gray bag. He's not going anywhere. I mean, it's just, I know that they've got a great relationship together, but it is absolutely exhausting. It's exhausting to watch. It's got to be exhausting. And it's a helpless feeling as a caddy to stand there and know there's nothing you can do about it. And you just got to take the hits and they keep on coming. And so it, it, you know, it is rough, but I've, I found myself yesterday and I I'm not the biggest Jordan speed fan. I mean, I've made that very clear. However, I found myself yesterday. I kept saying, coming down the stretch, this is one of those times he holds a big putt. Or this <laughs> yeah. is one of those times he's going to chip this in, mm-hmm. and and I kept thinking it every time on the on on even on the chip on eighteen when he hit it over the green and went in the water and he dropped. So he's 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 dropping three, hitting four. I thought he could knock this in. He could. Like I I kept waiting for that signature Jordan Spieth moment to happen, and it just didn't happen yesterday.
0: Yeah, he um, he was he was lacking a little fireworks there down the stretch, and man, I'm just waiting like someone make a run on Sunday, put some pressure on the leader on the PGA Tour. Just it's just not happening. We're we're missing that run, you know, someone going up the leaderboard, one or two guys. It seems like every week we're we've got separation, and then you got the leader, and then the leader just kind of you know not coast. He's hitting the shots, he's doing enough, but no one's putting. Added pressure on him down the stretch. Even when they leave the door open, we saw at the PGA. Kepka couldn't mount anything early, and Mickelson oh. could just kind of do his thing. And then he tried to late, but it was it was too late. You know, Mickelson closed the door, and that's kind of what happened yesterday. Uh, Kokrak opened the door. I mean, fifteen and sixteen opened the door. Big hooks and speed just couldn't quite do anything there. So. We'll see what happens as the tour moves on now to uh, Memorial. We've got some great tournaments coming up. This is always a great field. Spieth speaking of will be uh, in the, uh, in the field. Kokrak will not, but Stuart sink is he's won twice this year. Bryson DeChambeau is he's won twice this year. And he knows a thing or two about that golf course. He's won there. Uh, But we've got Sam Burns. We got Victor Hovland. We got John Rahm. We got Hideki Matsuyama. We got Colin Moore, Kawa, Louis, and playing some good golf. Uh, Kevin Strillman playing good golf. He loves this place. He'll be there. Sam Burns, Victor Hoblin, Keegan Bradley, and more. It's a good field. As uh, Xander is there, your boy Billy Horschel, Cameron Smith, who are working on getting on the podcast. And as I continue down, I'm looking at this chart that kind of ranks out, Froggy, the last 12 rounds right it kind of gives me an idea as who's playing the best coming in right and i gotta go way down here to get to dechambeau and jt and all these bigger names which brings me to the question here that i want to ask you who's the number one player in the world right now
1: well if you follow the official world golf rankings it'll tell you that it's dustin johnson yeah but i don't think that dustin johnson is currently playing like the number one player in the world. And I think that, you know, I, it, it is a sliding scale and, and it's based on how you played over a certain amount of events. And Dustin J- did have that crazy run last year when we were all having the conversation of what's wrong with Dustin Johnson. And he had shot an 80 and he withdrew and we were all th- thought it was over. And then he went on the crazy run and that could happen at any time with Dustin Johnson. But to answer your question, I'm not really sure who the best player in the world is right now. I re- I, I could, I mean, r- Rory showed us at the Wells Fargo that he that that he could be. He can put it together. But yeah. what we, the Rory that we saw the last uh, at the at the PGA not the case. So, I don't really know who I would say the best player of the world. I mean Sam Burns has been really hot lately, but he was injured at the uh, at the PGA and, and with Drew. So, Cameron Smith's played well. It, it it it's really really been a year of nobody running away and just taking everything with them, but when you look at the official world golf rankings, your top two players have not been playing well lately.
0: Yeah. In this calendar year, Dustin Johnson has won top ten. Right. Um
1: right.
0: he's missed two of the last four cuts. You know, he's sprinkling a couple 48s, a fifty-fourth. I mean, that's the kind of golf he's playing. That's not the number one right. player in the world. You know, no, this
1: is look at, look, look at your top rankings. You got Dustin, JT, John Rahm, DeShambo, Shafley, Morikawa. Kepka, Rory, Reed, and Hatton, those are your top 10. When you look at points gained in 2021, who's gained the most points this year in that group? When you when you sort it by points gained, you're talking the number one point gainer this year is Jordan Spieth. But anybody yeah. up up top, it's I mean Justin Thomas is, is, is up near the top of points gained this year, but that's because he won the players.
0: Yeah, Justin Thomas finally made a couple putts last week. He's been struggling with this putter, but it's been, you know, it hasn't been great since the players 21st at the masters and, and the putter has been an issue, big time issue. He hasn't hit the ball very good the last two weeks either. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Justin Thomas, John Rahm just feels like he's stuck in neutral, you know, and, and mm-hmm. DeChambeau been has, the be-
1: change has been rough on Rahm much, much rougher than. Yeah, was going to be. that's a fair
0: point. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I think he's not going to probably admit that, of course. Um, no. But I, I think there's a lot to that. I think that's a very fair point. The equipment change to Callaway, he's had a he's had a hard time with. Then you get to DeChambeau. I mean, he's done nothing. Well, he he was, well, of course, he won the Arnold Palmer, third of the players. That was impressive, third of the players. Uh, he did go ninth at Wells Fargo, where he just made everything he looked at. But I, I've said this with DeChambeau, his approach game is what disappears. And that's what, that's what scares me the most with Bryson. Yes, the distance is impressive, but if he wants to be dominant, he's got to be dominant in the approach game, period.
1: Right. Go look at Dustin Johnson. When did Dustin Johnson become the number one player in the world? I'll tell you when. When he fixed his approach game. When he understood and he went to, I believe it was, Uh, Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, improve
0: your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with shot tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data and creates a better practice environment not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo Mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com, r a p s o d o.com, rapsodo.com.
1: Well, I'll tell you, you want to know when Dustin Johnson became number 1 in the world? Uh when he fixed his short game because Dustin Johnson was hitting it so far, but yet he was a, say he was 120 yards outside the hole and his playing partner was 170 <laughs> yards outside the hole. Well, when the 170-yard guy is putting it tighter than you from 120, that's why Dustin Johnson was never able to reach the pinnacle of golf and be number one in the world. But when he fixed that with his wedge game and became deadly, there was a time when he went on that run where from 100 yards, he was inside five, 10 feet every single time. That is when Bryson will become deadly. And if you look at his stats right now, he is first at going for the green. So approach to the green, he is first because he's hitting it the furthest off the tee. Then when you start looking deeper into the stats, greens in regulation, he's 65th. So he goes for the green the most, but he's 65th when it goes to being on the green in regulation. And then this is where the real tale is told: is when you look at proximity to the hole. He's 192nd at 40 feet, 11 inches in proximity to the hole when approaching from the fairway. So that's where the, the, the you know the problem lies. Yeah, he's hitting it far, but he's not putting it on the green and putting it close and maximizing and taking advantage of his distance.
0: Well, and there's, there's no course that is going to require more from strokes and approach than Memorial. And, and he knows that when he won there, I've got it here. He was positive just under four strokes and approach and then positive five and a half and putting and his driving was negative two. Now this was back in 2018 before distance, right? right. So that wasn't it, beefcake Bryson, right? So on tour, you know, you look at him now, strokes off the tee. Yeah, he's dominant. I mean, at the at the Wells, positive 4, Byron, positive 6.
1: Okay. For the, for the season, he's he's second in strokes gained tee the green. He's first off the tee. He's first in driving distance. He's first in driving distance all drives and he's fifth in longest drives. Mhm. So, I mean, he's hitting it a long ways. He's not maximizing and taking advantage of it by hitting the green. When you're first in going for the green, and you're 65th in Greens and Regulation, that's where the problem is. Uh, Bryson doesn't need us, he doesn't need to pay a statistician to uh, to tell him where the problem right. is. He can just listen to the Stripe Show podcast.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, his two best strokes game approach this calendar year Arnold Palmer, positive 4.2, one, players, positive 5.1, third.
1: Third. That, that, that's it.
0: Yep. That's all you need to know. And then you go back into 20 US Open, positive 7.5, strokes game approach. So he's just. He's not getting it done um, with his irons. And it's, you know, it's been like that for a while. Xander's fifth. He's not the number one player in the world. Colin Morikawa, six. My goodness. He is hard to watch with the flat stick up close in short distances.
1: So is that where the problem is? Because his swing looks exactly the same. And if you remember when he won uh, the tournament, the WGC event, the, the workday championship at concession, he won that. He putted lights out, and he had just changed his putting. I believe he went to the claw grip, and that was the first tournament he had done it. He putted very well. Uh, Billy Horschel finished second that week. Yeah, But since then, it has been painful. I, I don't understand what happened to Colin Morikawa. Let's put it this way. If if Colin Morikawa
0: ever gets to be um, slightly better than average, let's just say he gets into the top third on the PGA Tour putting. He is going to win so many golf tournaments, it's going to be silly. I mean, it's going to be silly. His stroke scan approach is ridiculous good. He is such a good iron player. Um, Charles Schwab, positive eight. (laughs) PGA, positive 7.7. Heritage, positive 7.6. Those are his last three. He is dominant in the stroke scan approach. I mean, it is as it's probably now... The best—it's it, certainly the best we've seen since Tiger. You know, I mean, it's—it's sure. it's that kind of stuff. I mean, it's every week, Froggy, positive seven, positive eight, and then it's in putting he loses one or two. He lost one and a half at Charles Schwab, finished 14th.
1: Now, is he missing short putts? Is he three putting? Like, is, is there a way to determine where it's being lost at? I think I think the short ones are the problem. You know, he he just he definitely
0: is missing. It seems like a couple short ones every single week. And then that has some, some net net effect. I don't have his in-depth stats right in front of me, right. but when you're, when you're missing that three, three and a half, four footer every single week, a couple of times, I mean, that just lingers, you know, I mean, it just, it lingers and it appears to me when, when I watch it and I was watching a little bit of him, I think it was on Saturday. I think he, he missed one on the first hole on Saturday and the putter is swinging up quick. It's one of those where it looks like the putter heads kind of slow and short going back. And then it, you know, and then it kind of elevates too quickly through the zone and kind of gets long. Like there's no finish to the stroke. And um, I don't know if it's, I don't think that's really a, a grip issue. I think that's just a confidence issue and getting the putter head to, to be a bit more brisk through the zone and into a little shorter, lower finish. That's just my observation from the outside looking in. But um, but it's just amazing what he still finishes, given the fact of the grind on the putter. It's not like atrocious. I mean, he's only losing one, two. It's not like Keegan Bradley, who could lose four, five, six every single week. Right. Um, but I, that, that putting performance at WGC came out of nowhere. I mean, let's face it.
1: He, he made everything. Yeah. That was a perfect storm. Right. It really was. And it kept my boy, Billy Ho, from winning that. Uh, he w- he would have won two World Golf, both girl, uh, World Golf Championship events this year if it wasn't for that amazing putting performance.
0: Brooks is seven. Official World Golf Rankings. Rory's eight. Patrick nine's 10. Terrell, or no, Patrick nine, or Patrick, Patrick Reed, excuse me, is nine. Terrell Hatton's 10. Webb Simpson, 11. Victor, 12. You know, if I had to pick... I mean, to me, and we haven't got to him yet, I think the best player, the most consistent player in the game right now is Jordan Spieth.
1: You just took the words out of my mouth. And if you also go to points gained in 2021, Jordan Spieth is leading that as well. Yes, he's only got one victory. Uh, However, he has played very well this year, and he has outgained. I mean, when you look at points gained in 2021, so Jordan Spieth has gained 174.13 points this year. Tony Finau is second at 143. Now, to understand how large, that's a 30-point gap, over 30 points. Below that is from 143, drops to 142, 135, 134, 132, 131. So you're talking 13 points separates the next nine games, but it's a 30-point difference. Yeah. Jordan Spieth is playing far and above anybody else right now in 2021, and, and he's he, he's been a, a, a top-five machine this year. Well, let's go, back to,
0: um, let's go back to the memorial here as we teased it earlier and was one of the, uh, the first events there um, as it came back from the pandemic last year. Of course, you had uh, the Charles Schwab that kicked it off in June. Then they went to the RBC and then they went to the Travelers and then they played back to back at Mirrorfield. If you remember that, it was work day and the memorial. Colin Morikawa won work day, and John Rahm won memorial, and when he won memorial in the middle of July, he became the number one player in the world.
1: He did, and he shot 75 in the final round. He shot 69, 67, 68, 75 to win by three. He was another one that kind of just ran ran away and and hid and was able to, to, to shoot over par on the final day, but I'm not sure that's going to be, and like you just said, last year it was played in July, different course conditions. It'll be a different tournament.
0: Yeah, it was a brutal, it was a brutal test too on that. Wasn't it blowing like 30 miles an hour?
1: It was, it was blowing both both weekends. Yeah. They they played back-to-back weeks on the same golf course.
0: So he he goes on, he becomes number one. He later wins the BMW, making that long putt in the playoff against Dustin Johnson. And then he just keeps it going. Second at Zozo, the Masters in November, he was seventh. And then he felt the need to switch clubs. And um, I think he's been kind of stuck in neutral sense and and neutral for John Rahm can still be top tens. I mean, that's how good he is. You know, he can still go seventh at farmers, fifth at Genesis, ninth at the players, fifth at the masters, eighth at the PGA, you know, but you know, it's, it's, it's not the, some of the John Rahm statistics that you'll see um, across the board when he's, when he's winning. Uh, but he's the complete player. John Rahm has no weaknesses. This is certainly a great spot. Memorial uh, is a good spot for him. Of course, when you have no weaknesses, Froggy, every golf course is a, is a pretty good spot. But right. you think of Memorial, um, and you know, I guess, I guess when you when you think about it, like off the tee at Memorial, it's pretty open. The fairways are pretty wide, uh, but you've got a like stroke scan approach is a big time premium at at memorial because if you miss those greens you better have a short game at memorial more so than colonial because the short game has way more value at mirrorfield vintage than it does colonial way more difficult shots that we've seen over the years i think about tiger pitching in and and others right
1: um jack said it was the greatest shot he'd ever seen
0: yeah Yeah. just crazy (laughs) crazy difficult shots right um and then you know bent grass greens you know, you're going to have to win. We know in putting. So, um, 7,500, I think this year, if you remember, they, they tore up the course right afterwards The guys were getting ready and they were waiting for them to finish. And they started tearing it up because they, they redid some tees and whatnot. And they added a little length. So I think they're going to be in the 7,500 length range. And, um, and this is another good field. It's a good golf course. They like it. I think it's, it it is that kind of complete test. Although I think there's, I think you do have the room off the tee here and um, you've got to win in the approach game and you got to be able to manage these, these bent grass greens, pretty small greens though, too, Froggy. Like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be very precise here. So you can see where like a Morikawa who won, even though it was a different course when he won workday and a ROM who's precise, you got to have that kind of precision, but you've had guys here like dirt McGirt. (laughs) who've won like it's not, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's not a bomber's paradise. Even though Bryson yes has won. There's, there's a lot of guys here who've played well that are not long hitters off the tee.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at, you know, Tigers won this event a bunch of times, but he's won it when he's been hitting the ball very well at place to his strengths. It's, it it is not a golf course where you can hit it all over the place unless you're going to have an amazing short game, but eventually that's going to catch up with you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good run here. You know, we go um, Memorial, and then and then we go to a new course here.
1: Yeah, brand new golf course.
0: In South Carolina that uh, you have a guest coming on this week on the Stripe Show podcast, Scott Stallings, who knows a thing or two about this course that the PGA Tour will play after Memorial and the week before the U.S. Open.
1: I do. It's called Con- it's, uh, Congaree. It's the Palmetto Championship at Congaree. And the way Congaree works is they don't have paying members. These three guys got together, built a golf course, and wanted to do things a little differently. So they have invited tour pros to be members. And in order to be a member, you have to give back your time and be an ambassador for the game uh, in that area. Mm-hmm. And so they are doing all they can to drive diversity and to allow for people who maybe have thought golf was not something they would ever to be able to afford to play or be something that they were welcome to play. They're doing all they can to make golf uh, more affordable and more open and available to everybody in that area. And so that's what the tour pros are doing. So you got guys like Harold Varner, Scott Stallings, and many other tour pros, they are involved in what they're doing there. And so the PGA tour has seen what's going on and they're taking the golf course there. And I'll tell you a little tease. Uh, first time Scott Stallings, when he and I were talking about doing the podcast told me the first time he played there, he played about 12 or 13 holes. And he thought, maybe I should quit golf. This is hard. That's how difficult this golf course is. <laughs> It's hard. Wow. Well, it'll be fun. Different course, never
0: seen it. Be yeah. difficult as all get out to handicap, but um it, it's always fun to see, you know, kind of a new course and see how it fits in here is um, you know, what kind of field they 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 end up with uh, before the guys head over to the West Coast for another major championship at Torrey Pines, which I got to tell you, Froggy, there's nothing that puts smile on my face more than major championship golf on the West Coast. There really isn't. It just
1: Yeah because you get it in prime
0: time i love it yeah i do too and um so there's a lot to talk about And this week on the podcast uh tomorrow tuesday we'll have uh, will brinson um at will brinson on twitter he's uh, with cbs sports he'll be doing the matchup with me as we as we go deep dive into the memorial i got a lot of things to share on that golf course used to go up there been there a couple times and um when i was doing some pga tour live stuff so we'll uh We'll go deep on that. And then uh, Wednesday, Froggy Wednesday, he's got Scott Stallings, as he talked about. And I know Scott will have, um, he likes to lay it out there. He'll have a lot to say about uh, what happened at the U.S. Open Qualifier, uh, the golf course that is there, Congaree for the PGA Tour and others. We'll look forward to that. And then on Thursday, uh, Shaheen Naqtavani, who, uh, one of the top teachers in the game, we're doing a special Q&A, special Q&A. You can send us your questions And it's going to be a podcast made up of all of the top questions that we receive in social uh, social media. We'll do a deep dive into the questions, and then we'll share some in-depth thoughts on a couple players' swings as well. George Spieth being one of them as uh, he prepares to play in the 2021 Memorial. And then on Friday, Samantha Marks comes back with Happy Hour Express. I think she's got another guest in line. With That's so a lot of good stuff coming up on the podcast. Froggy, really appreciate you jumping on here on a Monday, Memorial Day. Tell the family hello, and I look forward to uh, Scott Stallings on Wednesday.
1: Absolutely. You the same. Thanks for having me. And I will uh, second what you said at the top of the podcast is thank you to all the men and women who have served and made the ultimate sacrifice and thanks to their families as well. Uh, we wouldn't have the amazing things that we have, the amazing opportunities that have been provided for us and the beautiful country that we live in without the brave men and women who serve. And so that's what today is all about. Think about that while you're uh, enjoying your day off, if you are so lucky to have a day off today and understand that that's why we live the amazing life that we do. Thanks for having me. And yes, I will be here on Wednesday with Scott Stallings and he has got a lot to say. (laughs) See you this week,
0: everybody. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.